Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Matt Nez Podcast, episode 144. Back in the house. You guys heard my last two episodes. Thank you so much for everyone listening. But tonight, I got a really special guest. I know, I've heard a few names from you. <laughs> Chris, Clifton. Which one do you want, yeah. one do you want to go with? <laughs> Just go uh, with Chris. I'm a, I'm a junior. So my dad went by Clifton, and I went by Chris. Okay. But, yeah, Chris <laughs> Chris Hill. He is uh, a part of the is it the Okie Podcast Network. Is that what is that what uh, Russ yeah. is calling it? Yeah. Okay. And yeah. Spirit Talkers, Spirit Talkers Podcast. <laughs> it was called um, something else before, but then it got changed. What was the, the show called before? Unsolved Mysteries of the Reservation. Okay. Yeah, because I remember I started listening to it. And uh, I was telling my wife about it. She actually heard about you guys before uh, before I knew the show. She was watching the um, the videos on YouTube. And then when we went mm-hmm. to uh, Oklahoma, when we all went to that uh, Res Dog screening, I think it was season two. Uh, I was at Russ's house and we were recording and then she was looking at Russ and she goes, do I know him? I said, I don't, don't think so. And then she showed me a video. I said, yeah, this is Russ and the, and the, the gang, they do <laughs> the podcast. She was like, oh my God, she didn't even know. And then she met you uh, later that night and everything. Mm-hmm. So she was like, oh, cool. She, cause she really loves the show. She watches it all the time. So she was stoked that she got to meet you guys. So, but oh. yeah. Um. So where are you, where are you from? I'm from uh, Okmulgee, Oklahoma. That's about 45 minutes from Tulsa, uh, where the Muscogee Creek Nation has their complex and all their uh, tribal facilities there. Okay. I've only been to Tulsa. I haven't been anywhere else because usually when I when I go out there, when I was doing some shows with Russ, it was just there, spend the night, and then fly out the next morning. So uh, mm-hmm. I want I want to come back out there soon and uh, do do some more uh, like visiting, going around, seeing other places because I've only seen I just seen a little bit of Tulsa. I haven't seen a lot of it. Plus, I want to go to the outskirts. And everything, and I just want to see more and see you guys. I'd like to sit in with you guys when you're uh, doing your show, because that would be really fun. I, I have some stories I would like to to tell you guys, but when you guys That'd started, awesome. <laughs> when you guys started your podcast, who, whose idea was it? Well, you know, again, that was uh, Tyler Randall and Russell Funny idea. You know. Uh, I think uh, I went on uh, Russ's show first, you know, because I've known both of them for a long time. But uh, Russell had some questions about a few things. And, you know, I told him what I thought. And, you know, he said, well, he said, how about, you know, having you on the podcast? And I said, yeah, I don't mind. And then it snowballed from there. I guess him and Tyler talked. And <clears throat> they They come up with the idea. And it just went went from there. So. Because a lot of a lot of the stories. I mean, I um, I I work the night shift, so I listen to the show when I'm driving home. Yeah. 
at night mm-hmm. and it just the stories that you guys that are te- you guys are telling on the show just my mind goes elsewhere I, I love horror movies and everything but just hearing stories like that just really kind of creeps me out while i'm driving around because i i work in nevada but i live in california i live on the uh, Susan, susanville indian rancheria this is where my wife is from so oh, yeah. i'm out in the like hills hills of the desert and um mm. it's it, it's really dark and it, and it, i get creeped out sometimes listening to things because i've seen I've seen some things out on the road that I can't explain, and I've seen stuff growing up, going back to Arizona to my grandmother's house, uh, hearing their stories of stuff that goes on out there. And I've seen a couple things, but I really couldn't uh, explain what it was. <laughs> and, but um, I, I loved listening to that show. I love listening to everybody's uh, story, especially creation stories. And everything, but listening to your guys' shows, man, it's it's just amazing. I'm, I'm I'm glad that you guys are doing it because um I always pass it around here. If you guys love this, listen to these guys. These guys know what they're talking about, and it's awesome because a lot of my friends started listening to the show and watching the videos on YouTube. So I'm like, I just awesome. I hype you guys up as much as I can. Sure, appreciate that, Mado. Um, so how? You know, how many, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, <clears throat> that has always been my fascination with all these tribes. And you know, growing up, ever since I was a little guy, you know, I just liked spooky stories. You know, uh, I'm Muscogee Creek. I'm full blood. And, you know, we have our ceremonies and we have our, our get-togethers. You know, it always had something to do with talking about spirits, whether you were at the ceremonial grounds, or whether you were at our Muscogee churches. <clears throat> and there was always talk about spirits. So, you know, as, as a young guy, wherever I went, that was always exciting for me. You know, that was one thing that, you know, when they start talking about, you know, these things, you know, a lot of my relatives, they'd get up and leave. Or, you know, they'd say, I can't listen to that because I get scared. Of course, I'd get scared too, but I, my fascination was was too strong i had to stay and listen to those things you know uh for me you know it brings back a lot of stuff when russell and them asked me about certain things you know because i've been very blessed to travel all through indian country visit these different tribes i've been really really treated good by every tribe i visited and you know like i said you know back in the uh 80s and early 90s you know you you still had a lot of people that had those good ways that came when you were a visitor you know they treated you in a good way and you know so not that i'm saying you know bad now but you know back then it was it had a lot more meaning and i had it you know it, it was a good visit you know especially when my folks were were alive you know i would hear them you know, have that, they would be asked to tell a few things and and, and then they would share. And I kind of learned that, you know, when I go to these different reservations, you know, I'll tell a story and just like clockwork, I mean, everybody just starts chiming in. And to me, that's, that's, that's one way, one 
for me, it's a good way of communications with a lot of these tribes because I can learn so much from their stories, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, it's always good to hear uh, other stories that from, like you said, different tribes and different reses. Um, I've been up and down California into Oregon as well as Washington. Uh, my my blood comes from Arizona, from the Navajo Nation. Um, mm. My mother is from Indian Wells, and my father is from uh, the northern part, uh, Kaibato. Mm. So going back and forth between uh, my two families and hearing stories of all time, like my uncles or if my grandfather was telling me stuff. My uncle Robert always told us a lot of stuff on things that um, he had seen. He is a Vietnam veteran. He never told us anything about the, as far as like war and what he had went through. But he was he would mention things that uh, stuff that he had seen out there with the with the Vietnamese people, with their um well, I don't want to say religion, but their spirits and everything that they have there, because everyone's got spirits, no matter uh, what, uh, what, whatever you are. And but yeah, I mean, a lot of stories that I heard here in California growing up, a lot of my friends were either um, uh, Pomo in the, along the coast of California, and they're in the in the woods, and a lot of the stuff that they had, they they had their spiritual things, but. Most of the stories that I remember listening to were Bigfoot stories or the big the big people. I cannot remember the how they said it in their language, but it was basically it came out to um, translation was big people. So I would that's I learned that from when I was a kid, and I was always like, oh, that's cool because everyone, of course, Hollywood and TV, uh, Bigfoot is this bad thing, and you see all these shows and everything. But I mean, what I was told that Bigfoot. They were, they were protectors. I mean, they, they were like us. So if we see them, um, just don't don't be scared of them. They're here to protect you. Uh, my youngest cool. son, he he saw something one night here at, at our house because him and his cousins love playing out in dark in the dark. And up on the hill is the the tree line, and they were outside playing in the dark. And they saw. He came in. He goes, I don't know what it was. He goes, I think it was a big person. And we were, I, I first when he said person, I thought he meant like a human. And then when he went to went to the backyard, he was like, no, it's it was like much taller. And then my wife was like, oh, maybe it was um one of the big people. And then we explained to him who they were. I said, if you ever see them, don't don't be scared. And he was kind of like, oh, OK. And then after that, he just wasn't he wasn't he was scared because of what he's seen. But he was trying to describe it to us. Um, but mm -hmm. then we're like, no, it's, it's okay, man. Cause there's a lot of things around here where I live. We got the big people and then they have the little people that are running around here. Um, I saw something one time in the house, but I wasn't, I wasn't really sure it was really low to the ground. And that was when we first moved here. And then my wife would tell me, uh, the stories, uh, of around here. And then, uh, some of the other locals, the other, um, the elders, I would hear stories of, of things that they would always talk about. So I was really fascinated with all that, especially when I was a kid listening to all the stories that I heard. There was this one gentleman that used to come to our community center. I grew up in, in Oakland, California, so I was an urban urban native. And um, they would always a lot of us would always come uh, to our center and speak to all the native youth. 
and then tell us creation stories and tell us uh, the spiritual stories and everything. So I loved all that. So I did, I was happy that, that my parents took us to those type of things to where we were able to listen to the elders speak speak the stories of how it began. So that's why I was always fascinated with it. And when you guys, when I found that you guys were doing this show, I was like, wow, just listening to everything. And yeah, some of it creeps me out when I'm driving home at night. So that's why I really love this show. <laughs> I mean, it's different than watching horror movies when you know ads. Eh, it's just Hollywood and it's fake. But when you're hearing actual stories that you were told and taught, that's when it gets uh, really creepy. So, but I, I, I just love the show. I just want yes. you guys to continue it and keep going. Um, when you were growing you know, up, oh no, go ahead. Oh, I was just wanted to say, you know, that's one thing I always try to stress with those guys, with you know, uh, Russell and <clears throat> Tyler and all the other ones that are involved. You know, <clears throat> I tell them that you know, for us, you know, native, you know, these these spirits are real, and you know, I, I always say that to them. You know, and I always tell them, you know, certain tribes have certain names for these things. Yeah. And if you're not careful, you know, if you you say them too much or you say them and those things are around, they're going to come around. And, you know, some of them are, are, are not as friendly as you would think. and Some are not as easy to get rid of, you know. Uh, and so I always tell them really weigh on that side of caution when you talk about these. And, you know, I know at first, you know, they were probably thinking, oh, he's just old guy, just, you know, trying to scare us. But, you know, uh, after time went on, you know, even like our first couple of episodes, we've not only had interaction with things after the recording, sometimes even during our recording, we have activity. And some of our listeners will will send in a message and say, you know, they had activity after listening to these uh, stories. And some will say, well, you know, I wasn't taking it serious. I went out and I joked about it. And <clears throat> then I had my encounter. What do I do now? And so, you know, again, you know, that's something I always kind of stress because this is, you know, truly, this is different than a lot of these other podcasts and TV shows because for us, you know, if you open your mind and you believe, no matter what you believe in, these things will, these things can happen. These things, every story that we read, you know, these families had these true encounters. These come from reliable people you know that are not only telling us these stories but they're backing up some of these other stories and so you know to me you know again i know people will believe what they want to believe but you know again you know i always on my part i always tell people be careful you know because these beings are real you know whether we talk about giants or talk about Bigfoot entities or these shadows or, or you know, even some of these uh, weeping spirits that, you know, we had a whole episode about that. And that's our number one show that people keep saying they listen to and they begin to have encounters. 
And so again, you know, I just wanted to say that much. Didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, no. I mean, that's that's. I'm glad that you brought that up because um, when I was growing up, the stuff that uh, elders would tell us. I mean, I, uh, as far as as my grandparents and everything, and my uncles and my aunts, they would tell us, "We're telling you guys to protect you," and there's things. There's some stuff you can talk about, and then, but there's a lot of stuff that you shouldn't talk about. But we're going to tell you, this is this is what it is, but don't talk about it. Because exactly for what you said, it could open that door and everything. So I've always, I've always remembered that. Well, when I was really young, when I was first uh, told that, and I've heard it from my family, and I've heard it from other elders. So I was like, okay, so... All the stuff that I remember them telling me not to say, I just, okay, thank you. That that was the warning, and I'm just going <laughs> to zip my mouth about it. But if, if my kids ever came around some of the stuff that I was told not to talk about, and they and it, uh, if they were explaining something to me that they had seen or witnessed or something, then I, then I would have to go, okay, well then, all right, I'm going to give you this warning. Just don't. You you saw what you saw. Just don't don't talk about it. So because yeah, I mean, native country. I mean, there's there's we're, there's spiritual there's spirits all around us, be it good or bad, and that's what I was always taught. So they they said just because you see something, like you said, if you see something, I mean, just you don't know what it is. And telling everyone, I mean, not talk uh, the guys to like be weary on what you say. So that's what I mean. I was always taught that. So there's uh, there's some things I'm just like, all right, cool. Because what really got me believing was I was a kid. I was probably ten years old. We went to um, Lake Comanche. It's it's here in California. They took a lot of the um, the the urban youth from Oakland or in the surrounding Bay Area city, San Francisco, and stuff like that. They took us all camping for um, I think it was for like a week. And when we went there, the the elders that lived on that land were, were telling us they told us stories every night around the campfire. Um, during one day, one one of our little walks, we were walking around the lake, and this elder was telling us that long time ago, um, that it was uh, it wasn't always a lake; it was a a valley, and in, in the bottom of that valley was um, the native tribe. I can't remember the name of the tribe. He said. And um, he said that, yeah, then one time there was a huge, it was raining really hard and there was a flash flood and it just came and filled the valley and it killed a lot of the people that lived there, the ones that couldn't get away from uh, from the water. So he was telling us, he goes, yeah, there's a village under the lake. And I was kind of like, what, really? And then he was like, yeah, he goes, at night uh, you can see the spirits of the people walking walking around uh the edge of the lake and that always Mm. stuck with that always stuck with me and i was kind of like okay um at that 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 point when he was telling us the story again i was really young i was kind of like ah you're just trying to scare us later that night we were sitting around the campfire and he was telling us the story again uh about the about the lake and the surrounding areas and then he goes, I, I, he goes, I just want you guys, he just said, a lot of you probably don't believe me, but I want to show you guys something. Um, don't be scared. And we were all like, well, what are you going to show us? And he goes, 
one of them are he is here right now with us and he, he wants mm. to sh- wants to show you but don't be scared a lot of you probably will be scared and be startled but don't be scared so we were kind of like okay there must have been let's say about 40 kids and maybe another 15 20 uh grown-ups uh that there were our chaperones and everything that brought us all there so we're all sitting around and uh it was kind of an open field but along behind us there was um a hillside and there was trees but the trees were so separated and the 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 trunks weren't that that wide and he goes look up on this little hill at this tree and we're looking everybody was looking and for a quick second we saw something i couldn't see any facial definition it just peeked around the tree and then went back behind it mm. if it was if it was just me that seen that maybe okay maybe it was something that i just imagined but everybody sitting there saw it and from mm. that point forward i really started to believe everything that that i was told because i mean you hear things when you're a kid and you just and eh, you don't believe them but when when it was brought to me that way by an elder and it was uh, one of the old ones the spirit of an old one i was like okay and he was he was telling us don't be scared they're not here to scare you he goes they're just like you and i they're people they're the old ones this is their land and we have to respect it and even and on that trip i was learned to respect the water respect the land anywhere you go it doesn't have to just be there it could be anywhere you go on on mother earth is respect it because mother earth is getting mad at us and there's a lot of things happening in the world uh, and she doesn't like it but from there forward i was believing what i was told from elders and everything and like they said they told us stuff you can talk about and then here's the stuff you can't talk about because even going back to the res in arizona with my grandmother she had told us some stuff and she actually showed us some things we were um they i think it was the anasazi that were living in the area they said back when the when the invaders came um they were basically killing all the natives and they were stealing their um their jewelry and their pots and stuff and she goes and they didn't want the they didn't want them to take their stuff so they would bury it and Mm. we we were like okay and my grandmother I was probably I was probably a teenager maybe 13 or 14 and she we went through the wash we went way out in the res we were driving along and then she went okay stop so we my uncle stopped the truck and we kind of walked up this hill and then she said okay right here so my uncle started digging he dug it like a few feet down and then there was some some pottery with all these native designs on the side and she goes, if you guys see stuff like this when you're out here playing, because we, we love to dig and all that around my grandmother's house. She goes, if you see stuff like this, cover it back up, say a prayer. I'm sorry. I didn't know this was yours and go play somewhere else. Because she said, if you if you see that or if you were to take it or whatever, bad things were going to happen to you. So Ooh. and she said they found that when she was a little girl and she was probably. Ooh in her 60s maybe 70s at the time when she showed us but for her to remember exactly where that was to me was amazing i was like i wish my memory can be that that good to remember exactly where 
It was because she like she they always told us and warned us. She goes, yeah, the res could be fun, but then it could also be dangerous and scary, uh, depending on where you go. Because my uncle told mm-hmm. me some other stuff too that I don't want to get into, uh, where he lived and what was around there. And then because we were out riding dirt bikes and out in the dark, running around, he told us, okay, that's cool, but stay away from this area. I'm like, all right. So I, I just. I listen when they tell me stay away from here or don't talk about that i listen so i mean that that's what i loved about all the stories that uh, i learned growing up and here again listening to the stuff that you tell and especially you i mean i don't know what it is but i love your voice when i'm listening to you tell your stories it's just like it's like i'm right there that's why i want to be right there with you guys one day one time and listening to everything that you guys are talking about because but yeah, man, there's there's a lot of stuff out there. I'm sure you've seen your share as well growing up over there in Oklahoma. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> I'm glad you talked about that. We 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 talk about it every now and then, you know, how everything has a spirit <clears throat> and a mother earth, you know. And you know, I mentioned this on one of the podcast shows, you know, I don't think people really understand understand that because, you know, not it, it wasn't only an Indian thing all nationalities they all believe that when you you go back in that ground or whether you're buried in the ground or above you know, um you let the animals take you you know again you're in that cycle everyone and everything becomes back to dirt i don't care if you're a bug or you're a bird or you're a tiger or you're a human whatever you are you know, one day you're still going to go back to that dirt and then you're going to, that dirt's going to create, you know, a plant life. Something's going to eat that. You're just going to continue going, you know, and there's a whole philosophy behind that. You know, people always say Indians don't believe in reincarnation. Well, you know, if you hear that full story, that's basically what it's talking about. That's why we call everything brothers sisters those old ones used to say that whether it was these plants and or animals because you know one way or another we either came from them or we're going back to them you know they're going to digest us or they're going to do something that you know helps us go on and people i don't know those kind of stories aren't being told anymore you know um I, I keep wanting to do an episode about these plant spirits, you know, because, you know, whether it's our food source or whether it's our uh, traditional medicines, you know, some of these things, if they don't want to be somewhere, they get up and they move. You know, for example, like the watermelon, you can plant it right in front of your feet and you think it's going to grow right there like a flower. But it moves. It it might move 10 or 12 feet from where you planted it. You have those traditional grapevines that they use for different medicines. Again, you know, you might plant it right here, but it might go two fields over and grow. You know, and they used to say if you pick it or you harvest it, you put something down so it knows that that's the place that you know it should grow you know you give back to them you know and with that being said how could these things not be 
because they don't have a living spirit. You know, even uh, I talk about how, you know, if you grow plants at your house, you know, everybody always says if you play the radio or you talk to them, they grow better. They, they stay alive. It's when you leave them in a room by themselves, don't communicate with them, they die. And so, anyway, you know, I think those uh, herbal or agricultural spirits are, are something to, uh, to know, you know, because some of those stories are pretty scary. But, you know, again, you know, like the Navajos, you know, your people you know, talk about those kind of things. You got other tribes that have that kind of knowledge. You know, I just hope somebody out there are sharing those stories so it can go on because our people are beginning to forget those kind of things. Yes. <clears throat> and so, you know, whether it's these plants or animals or the water or the air, you know, they all have spirits and they all need to be respected treated good in a good way that's what's going to keep us alive as well so i don't know that's just food for thought no that's that's truth right there man just it all comes down to respect respect everything <clears throat> not just people respect everything and as far as speaking to plants a friend of mine he grows his own cannabis weed whatever and when i go to his house and and he's he has it all in, in his greenhouse and everything i remember i heard him talking and talk i thought he was on his phone and then i kind of just looked in there and he was talking to his plants and oh you're so beautiful and this and that at first it was funny but then i do remember like like what you're saying speak speak to everything respect it all and i was like wow that's cool and he has music playing in there even when he's not in there so, See, I mean, that, and, and I bet that makes his stuff stronger and better than everybody else's, too. I mean, not jokingly, <laughs> but, you know, for real, you know, whether it's corn or, or cannabis or whatever, you know, they're all living, breathing things. And they have a purpose. What Whether we're using those purposes properly, that's another thing. So, again, you know, they were all created for good. You know, one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, we're going back to saying calling animals brother <laughs> or sister. I mean, that's uh, a lot of stuff that I was taught as well. Or even going in, in Arizona, my my um, grandparents they were farmers. They had cornfield. Uh, we grew corn, vegetables, uh, watermelon, and uh, a bunch of other kind of different things. And then they also had their their cattle and their horses and their their sheep and their goats. So, I mean, and it was always res respect those, respect everything you there. Because like you said, it, it, it feeds us. That's, and we're living off the land, uh, growing over to the cornfield, respecting the earth, respecting your crops, and always uh, giving it water when it needs, because it's hot and dry out there. So, I mean, mm -hmm. we always did that. As far as respecting the water, I know there's a lot of things going on in the country when people are just disrespecting the water by dumping chemicals in it or these pipeline things that are going on um and it, it, it always comes down to respect people may think oh that's it's it's not a living thing it's just a a river with flowing i mean no a river has life in it it's got power and it, and it helps oh, it helps everything around it and it helps us 
man, we we need to drink water to survive and it's helping and like you said everything recycles and it all goes back to the ground and some people just don't want to believe that and they just think we're we're nuts and we're crazy and everything so i mean that's that's a lot of stuff, I man. You said a lot of good things, um, and we've only been talking for like thirty minutes, and it's cool. That's that's why I was listening to, again, listening to your show. That I, I need to get him on here because I, I and as far I get me saying it again, I'd like to sit there. I'll probably just sit there and listen and chime in when I can. But I just I just love listening to all of you guys coming together and uh, doing it. And I would love to go to one of the. Um, I know you got you guys have those nights where you're actually it's like a live audience and you're sitting there telling like you said you were telling stories and then everybody starts to chime in because my wife she was even saying saying that she was like oh man that would be awesome to go to so at some point we want to come out there and, and attend all the stuff that you guys throw and I just think it's amazing with all the community spirit that you guys have especially I mean Russ too man I, I've only known Russ a couple of years but. Uh, Tyler as well. I mean, but what you guys are doing is, is amazing, and and I just love it. And just keep it, keep going. If you do come down, come down in October, and especially um, there's one I really like to go to, and that's that you follow Canadian tribal town there, and you follow Oklahoma. Uh, the reason I like that is because that place has a lot of history, real old history there. That you can find in books and whatnot. A lot of their, uh, how you say, their interaction with these paranormal uh, spirits is documented. You know, whether it was the Civil War with Jitta Harjo, where he he went and hid amongst those uh, Bigfoot people, and they showed him different medicines. You know, he he used that, you know, to be invisible. But he'd go into those uh, war camps, those uh, civil military was looking for him. He'd go right into their camp, sit down and eat, right, eat their food right in front of them, drink all their their drink and, and you know, take their am- ammunition and just get up, walk out. He'd be there for a couple of days and no one would even notice he was there. You know, so, and uh, they were always saying, you know, he would, he could just, be like a chameleon. He could just go places and he would just vanish. But, you know, he he would tell his people, you know, where he would learn that medicine from. And <clears throat> again, you know, that Ufala area is kind of where he resides. But also, you know, that lake, you know, kind of like you were explaining about that other community. Um, this one, you know, this was a man-made lake. And uh, they had removed creeks from Alabama, Georgia to Oklahoma. There was a group of uh, creeks that were living in that area. You know, when they flooded that area to make that lake, you know, they didn't go tell those people. I mean, they did. They had, you know, someone go out there and talk to them. They didn't understand English. They didn't know what these guys were saying. And so basically... You know, there was a lot of people that died when it came to that lake. And so today, you know, they always talk about seeing lights on the on top of the you follow a lake dancing around or you'll see them going through the woods or you have a lot of supernatural activity at that lake. And so, you know, that's that's kind of why 
a lot of creeks, you know, they're kind of, oh, I won't say terrified, but I, I'll say that they'll, they're more respectful in that area because they're, they know there are old spirits there. So, you know, again, if you're ever in Oklahoma during October, make sure you make it to that spooky story event because they have a lot of activity. Even during these storytelling, you have people that have their own paranormal uh, happenings, and they'll talk about it as well. Uh, again, it's just a, kind of an awesome place, and I'm surprised. I always send out an invitation to all these paranormal groups, but I only get like a few that actually show up. And when they do, they're very impressed. So if you come down, try try come down that during that time. How's the weather in October? Is it rainy or anything? Because the last time I was there, I got scared with the tornado warning. <laughs> <laughs> Oklahoma weather is crazy. It can be nice all day, and then for an hour, it can real scary so in october it's kind of like that because you got a lot of it's kind of combination you know you'll rain and, and uh cold weather but sometimes we get some bitter cold and, and then sometimes it just rains and sometimes it's just nice so you can't hardly predict oklahoma weather too well but i'll just say bring a coat <laughs> i was there yeah i remember I was there one time when it was it was it was hot and then I think that was when uh, it was raining. I think that was the last time I was there, and it was raining. And then um, I remember seeing the lightning off in the distance. But later that night, when we were sitting at Russ's, uh, it was really raining hard. Then all of a sudden, the the tornado warning went off, and I just freaked out. I didn't. I, what What is that? What's going on? And he was like, Nah, it's okay. Everyone, it's it's all right. It goes off all the time. I mean, I've never ever experienced that before. So that's. How my heart was was pounding, <laughs> but <laughs> everything everything was good, and everyone was like, "No, nah, man, it happens all the time. Don't worry about it." And I was like, "Okay." So, but yeah, and it was another time I was there. I got out just in time because a big snowstorm came in, and then they shut the airport down like pretty much right after I left. <laughs> so, but oh. <clears throat> yeah, Chris, man, thank you so much for for coming on. But for those of you that don't know. I don't want uh we got a movie star on the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh for those of you guys listening to the the last uh episode of East Society, uh, I talked about uh, my review for uh Martin Scorsese's film Killers of the Flower Moon and Chris here was in the film which I didn't know. I know a lot of people post pictures and everything and I, I saw your pictures but I must have not been reading or paying attention to it. But I'm sitting there watching the film, and this familiar face comes across the screen. And then I was like, "Wait, what?" I said, "I'm like Chris." And then I was really, then I really started watching the background. Then they showed you again. I was like, "Oh my God, that is him!" <laughs> so, but how how did you how did you get involved? Have you done acting before, or been in other like TVs or, or movies or anything? No. Um... That was kind of a crazy situation. Uh, my niece, <clears throat> they were doing casting calls for, you know, all these Osages to come to Pahuska to uh, 
be in the movie. And so anyway, she wanted she wanted to go, so she needed a ride. So I told her I'd take her down there. And, you know. Anyway, went down there, and you know, the man had a long, long line. <clears throat> every old stage under every rock down there. But anyway, uh, uh, she was in line, and I'd go up and just see if you know she was getting close, or did they call her name, or whatever. I guess one of those people saw me and they said, dang, you look like this picture that, you know, we're, we're supposed to get someone to look like. So they pulled me off to the side to kind of, you know, take a picture of me and everything. And, and right then and there, they just said, can you come back? So I knew it. I was in there. Didn't even, didn't even know. So <laughs> it was just off the wall. But then my niece was because she didn't she didn't make the cut so she's still mad about it so oh. anyway, anyway so you, it was kind of crazy you were just there and they saw you and pulled you yeah. in wow yeah how long I have, that, I have that haircut i guess that's what they uh like okay. tell me that picture that john bigheart and I guess he had the same haircut back in the day, but you know, again, it's a kind of a tribal haircut that a lot of these guys have around. I don't know. How long of uh, I mean, when you were on the set, um, doing your um, filming, doing your filming, how long? How long were you there? How did it? Was it like days or how long was that? Oh yeah, I was basically there for. Uh, I'd say like a couple of months. I mean, oh. just off the long. But, you know, you, when they would call you, it'd be like 12-hour shoot. You know, you get there like 4 or 5 in the morning, and dang, sometimes you wouldn't get out of there till you know, super late the next day. And uh, once in a while, they would have you go back to back. And, man, that was just rugged. I was just uh, rugged to do all that, and it was it was during uh, the hottest time here in in uh, uh, Oklahoma. And man, I tell you what, they put all that wool outfits on you and stuff. And man, I was that was miserable. That was like a miserable time. But I mean, it was still kind of fun to see how they made these movies. Uh, for me, it was it was cool because I mean they would make these places look just like out of the history books, <coughs> and I thought that was amazing. Did they build that town, or was it already there? Well, technically, the town was already there. All, all those locations they were kind of basically there. They just had to fix them up. Like they made uh, Pahuska look like Fairfax, but that was actually downtown Pahuska, and so they had to, you know, change things up, and you know, like a lot, a lot of these little uh, country towns, a lot of that stuff was kind of tore up, so they had to go and kind of fix it up. <coughs> like um, Ralston, Ralston's basically. 
their downtown is kind of like a ghost town. A lot of those, there's only like one one block that is actual. You know, you can actually go walk in and stuff. Only like two or three buildings, but in that movie, they made it look like the old town. I remember them going through there and fixing this this one block up and making it look like it was like it was real. So I, I was pretty shocked with that. So you go to Ralston now, you know, nothing like in that movie. Because yeah, watching the the newscast you were on, they were showing uh, some some shots of when they were fixing up the town because there's obviously there was a cement road now, but they brought in all the dirt. And and made it in there because it was like of of the time period, and everything. Yep. <clears throat> Did you get to meet uh, the, the director Martin Scorsese? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the Osage people they would have a, a dinner. They had a dinner for him before that whole movie started, and um, I got to attend that. And then of course during the movie, you know, during the mo- the making of the movie, you know, he. He would be invited to a lot, to a lot of their uh, uh, ceremonial dances there in uh, Gray Horse and Husker, and uh, they would show up and you know participate as best they could. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was pretty awesome. Because I saw the picture of uh, you and uh, Lily Gladstone, so that was that was pretty sweet. Did you meet Leo? Yeah, I met him. I, I actually went with him to Gilcrease Museum, and uh, that was kind of an interesting uh, thing. He wanted to see uh, an exhibit they had. Uh, I can't remember what, like a hall, uh, rock and roll Hall of Fame person that he wanted to see. I can't remember who it was, but I knew, I knew where it was at. So, uh, I was there when he went to go see it, so that was pretty cool. Okay, um, I wasn't sure. Were you in the courtroom shots when they when they were filming in the courtroom? Okay, yeah, yeah that was you. Yeah. All right, yeah, I wasn't I really was, sure because uh, I saw your face, but I wasn't sure because the, the camera didn't go back. Yeah, there's a couple of they put me in a couple of different spots. What kind of cracked me up? They tried to. Uh, I used to say, make me look different. Uh. <laughs> and uh, it, it was just, I don't know. It was cool, though. I mean, all those uh, Hollywood tricks that they use is pretty crazy. But yeah, um, that courtroom scene was pretty cool. Uh, they shot like, I don't know, four or five different versions of that courtroom scene. And, and so I was kind of curious on what. What a scene that they would put in there. I was pretty impressed. So. With it, with it all being said and done, finally seeing it for the very first time, what what did you think of the whole film in a, in a whole? Watching it on the screen. Well, <clears throat> I thought I thought it did pretty good. You know, on the aspects of, of, of following direction. You know, the Osage Nation, they had a lot of input on that movie. And uh, the the beauty of that was he listened. And the outcome was, was basically their 
what they wanted to see in that movie. And so the way that movie is created, you know, it's a little bit different than the book, but, you know, kind of the, the, the basics was all by Osage, uh, how you say, Osage direction in there. Um, you had a lot of strong Osage people that were consulting on that film. And every bit of that, you know, they listened. So that was, to me, that was, I, I really have to commend uh, Martin Scorsese for doing that because I don't know how many directors or producers actually do that. I mean, he actually listened and he did his very best to accommodate them, you know, especially on set, you know, if, uh, uh, you know, they mentioned something or, or, Said something, he would have people write that down, and they would try to put it in there. And um, I think uh, that uh, what was her name? Kara Jaden Myers that played Anna Brown. Yeah. Uh, the aunt or the sister that was kind of rugged. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I tell you what, that was that was to the T. That was that was. A, True Osage, Wajazi, they say, you know, so, uh, you know, like I said, you know, he took their input and he made those actors and actresses, you know, try to follow as best as they could. And I was very impressed with that. Right on. So with your whole experience and they came knocking on your door again to film TV show or another movie, would you do it all over? <clears throat> to be honest, uh, man, that was that was regular. I think I'm, I might pass on it because I mean, man, I tell you what, it was hot, miserable, and and those boots. They put me in these boots. I mean, oh man, they tore my feet up. I had like, <laughs> I had like, as soon as a uh, you took my boot off. I don't know if you ever seen that movie. I'm gonna get you, sucker. Hear that big old throbbing <laughs> pole. Well, my whole foot was like that. It was just throbbing. I mean, and I would have to soak my feet and uh, ice them so the swelling would go down, so I could go back out there the next day. And and those boots killed me. Killed killed my feet. And I don't know. Let's say give me some different boots. I, think, uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I should go back out there. I just physically wouldn't be able to do that. Oh man, I didn't realize it was hot. I thought they was filming maybe during the the cold season. But yeah, with all the regalia and stuff that you guys had on, oh my god, I couldn't imagine being out there. Especially, I mean, seeing you, you with the long sleeves, everything that you had on. Oh my gosh. I mean, not just you, everybody, all all the diff, all the other natives that were that were in the film, man. Everyone was dressed from head to toe. Nobody was running, yeah. well, except for the guys that were jumping around in the oil. They were running around no shirts and everything. But uh, now I could do that. No, <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, yeah. Even if you've been in Oklahoma during summertime, you know this heat here don't play. <clears throat> 
don't the know. Hu- humidity is what I don't like. Because it wasn't that bad, but it was it was humid enough for me. I mean, I live in the dry heat, and I it's, I don't like I, I don't like the heat. But being humid, in, humid. Uh, my father-in-law, my wife's uh, fa- father, they're from um, Nebraska, uh, from the Ho Chunk Nation, and we went out there one summer for their big time and powwow they had in July. Oh, I thought I was going to die. It was so hot and just sitting in the shade sweating and that I'm that's not for me. I said I I love you. I love your family, but I'm never going out there again in July cuz that was miserable. But hey Chris, man, uh thank you for for coming on the show and and letting us uh, behind the curtain of Hollywood and making this film. I'm sure there's more you can tell, but um, everyone, listen to uh, Spirit Talkers podcast. Just go over to the Okie Podcast Network. Um, follow follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Russ is always posting all kinds of stuff, and Chris as well. You can probably follow him on Instagram. But um, Chris, brother man, thank you so much. In my language, yeah. thank you so much for coming wanted, on. I just wanted to say thank you very much for having me. I'm a big fan of yours too, and. Uh, Again, I was uh, real honored to meet you as well when you came. And again, if you get a chance, come back to Oklahoma. Like I said, come come look at us, and, and we'll co- hang out, and definitely we'll uh, do a podcast together. I'm, I'd be pumped to do that with you and Russell and all those everybody. So appreciate yeah. a hope and my dough. All right, everybody, and with that, we are out of here. So again. Be weary on what you see and what you learn, man. Always always be respectful. That's the bottom line. Respect everything. Respect yourself. Respect other people. Respect the earth. And mm. that that's how that's how we're gonna live. And that's how we live. So, but with that, everyone, please be safe. Come back for more. Not sure when that's gonna be. You can listen to E Society. We got a jillion episodes. You can if you're new to the show, welcome. Thank you for listening. Um, check out our other show, the E Society Podcast, where we just cover TV and movies and, and whatnot and collecting and stuff like that. But uh, my show, solo show, I try to get as many indigenous um, guests on the show as I can. It, they don't have to be indigenous. They could be whatever if you have a good th- a topic to talk about. I just don't want to talk about nonsense. That's East Society where we talk about the crazy nonsense. <laughs> so, but everyone again, Chris, brother, thank you so much, man. And we are out of here, everyone. So, and with that, please be safe out there. And always remember to rock hard and skate fast.